DFSers, it's week 13, and after the longest week in fantasy football history, we are here getting to talk to you guys about uh, an interesting slate. Bets, how you doing after what, a week that was honestly about two weeks worth? I'm tired, man. I'm really tired of week 12. I feel like it took a lot out of me. Still just grinding DFS for, for the showdown slate on a Wednesday afternoon at 3.40 Eastern was just something else, I'll tell you what. Um, but hey, who knew it, it took Trace McSorley to unleash Marquise Brown? And and thank goodness I had him in a couple of showdown lineups. But yeah, man, week 12 was, was something else. It was a ton of fun on the main slate. You and I both played some Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, which was a blast and, uh, and was a good slate. So really feel good about that process and excited to carry it over here into week 13. Yeah, you and I, uh, we were sweating it out this past week in the main slate because honestly, uh, through the first, you know, the one o'clock games, like it was looking kind of rough for me. And we both uh, were banking on Tyreek Hill to save us. And boy, did he save us. Yes, he did. I <laughs> I mean, so that first touchdown, I, you know, I hit my cash lineups across everywhere. And then the second one, I go, oh, I'm going places because I had him in a lot of tournaments. So and then the third one, I just felt bonkers. So yeah, if you got buried under any of those, Tyreek or, or Derek Henry or someone else, it's not a good feeling. But man, at the end of the day, when you have a chance to pay up for Patrick Mahomes, you just do it. And we're not going to be able to this week. So that'll change our strategy. But how did it go for you and just in terms of last week and your process? Yeah, last week, like I said, was it was a great week uh, for me specifically because I, I put this out I think it was like Saturday afternoon. I was having this this kind of thought process when I was planning my lineups for the week on Sunday. And I was like, man, like this week, it just feels like there's so much chaos. Like we had the late news that Austin Eckler was going to play. Then we also had a couple of inactives come out with like Jonathan Taylor, et cetera. And it just unlocked so much value. And I feel like I was kind of scatterbrained. I was like, man, there's so many plays that I want to try to play. But then I sat down and I, I collected my thoughts. I looked at the slate and I was like, when else am I going to get a Patrick Mahomes Tyreek Hill stack that's not going to be rostered at a, an elevated extreme level? You have to play it. And so, you know, I, I put this out that just like when you have a strong conviction in tournaments, some people feel like they have to play a little bit of exposure to all the games and they have to get a little bit of this guy, a little bit of that guy. But I just said, you know what? I'm going all in. I'm going all in on Pat Mahomes. I'm going all in on Tyreek Hill stacks. And then we talked about it on the pod. I was was all in on, on Derrick Henry. So it was a great GPP week probably the best of the season, probably the best I will have the rest of the season. Uh, but I'm definitely riding the high here into week 13. No, it, it was a fun week. And like I said, you know, your emotions go all over the place, but uh, having Tyreek as a part of our process and someone that we said, Hey, you know, the, the ceiling's there anytime, but he's been so consistent this year. And so we felt like the floor was high enough and it's just really fun, especially in DraftKings When you have a full PPR, you're just like, all right, th- this, this guy's getting chunk plays. So every time he catch the ball, it's like, that's four points, you know, that's, and then you get a touchdown. So yeah, it was a great week for us. And I'm excited to talk about this main slate. Uh, week 13, I feel like a lot of times it's kind of like copy and paste for a lot of people. I think we have to change gears of how we approach this this week with a couple of players off, not a ton of high totals. So uh, if you're listening for the first time, we're glad you're in. Uh, our DFS podcast. We're DFS for the rest of us. We're trying to explain this to people that maybe this is the first time and to get in a process of learn how to cash. We had someone message us on Twitter, Daniel Westra. I wanted to highlight this tweet. I really liked it. He said, I started listening to the pod and I bought the DFS pass a month ago and I've cashed four out of five weeks. Hey, uh, there you go. That's And that's what you want to see. You want to see people that are learning how to do it, the process, and then all of our picks, everything we do, our write-ups, is found in the DFS Pass. You go to ultimatedfspass.com. Still only 30 bucks if you want to jump on. I, I love getting messages from people that said, I bought the DFS Pass last week, like in week 11, week 12, and they've already returned value within one week. So anything you want to say just about this week, DFS Pass, and just all the effort we get to put into it. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. Love it. 
you know the the guys are working hard behind the scenes putting out great content so truly do like can't say enough good things about it um just from our, our team over there everyone's working so hard but this week we have a little special monday night two game slate which i'll be writing up a preview for given that there's no thursday night football this week so a little extra bonus slate for us here in week 13 and you can find that of course in the dfs pass and you know what? Maybe we'll put out an extra little contest this week, bets for that Monday night for people that are on the pod. So be on the lookout if you want to message us. We'll pin that uh, contest that you can join us on DraftKings. And then I'll just also mention, uh, really appreciate some of you guys subscribing and reviewing on iTunes. We've got some awesome reviews. And we also saw some people with their Spotify unwrapped uh, get to show us that, hey, DFS podcast has been part of their uh each week mix. And I even had a couple people that said, Hey, it looks like I've been listening to you guys more than the main podcast. So maybe Andy, Mike and Jason need to step it up. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, Hey, those guys like their show is good, but it's not like our show, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Come on, Andy, Mike and Jason, come on, step it up. Let's go. I mean, I know they're hitting show a thousand this next uh, Wednesday and I'm excited because I've gotten to plan a bunch of fun things for that episode, but you know, maybe they're showing their age. They're much older than us. Much, oh, much so older. old, so old. I, I think they're only like three or four years older than me, but still, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're really glad you guys were a part of your weekly routine. And so let's get into the main slate. If I can find the button, there it is. State of the main slate. So I'll just begin talking about the main slate by saying, because the totals that we're going to talk about today on the slate are not as high, uh, there's not a ton of games where you're just like, whoa, th- those are awesome back and forth games. This is the first time that we really want to recommend onslaught stacks. And what onslaught means is you're basically taking uh, a quarterback of a team that has a really high total. Like, for instance, we won't talk about the Packers this week uh, in terms of a team that we're going to because they're playing the Eagles who are trash. Your team is trash, Bets. Yeah, uh, I have no words. I can confirm there's been several tiers this season. Um, yeah, man, it's... Kyle, I, I would probably prefer if you were under center, to be honest with you, at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we need Ken- Kendall Hinton to get in there. But on Onslaught <laughs> stack in that sense is you basically saying, hey, the Packers have one of the highest team implied totals on the slate. I'm going to play three or f- three players, maybe even four if you're going nuts, and not feeling like you have to run it back. Maybe you run it back with one player from the Eagles, but like honestly, like who's it going to be? Like it's not going to be Jalen Rager. It's not going to be Travis Fulham. Like maybe Dallas Goddard. I don't really know. But you're basically saying the Packers are going to get there. They're going to hit over their total, and you're creating a lineup where you're banking on that team just to just destroy, put up I don't know thirty, forty points. And that differentiates you from a lot of other teams who are trying to kind of stack two teams. So you could do that with the, with the Seahawks. You could do that with the Packers this week. Um, but th- that's one way to get different from everyone else. Uh, any thoughts you have on just onslaught stacks or just how to approach this slate? Yeah, I think that's a great call for this week specifically. You know, usually we like to find those totals in those game environments that are up-tempo, high, like high-volume plays, lots of pace of play that you like to, to get in a high-total game. And there's not a lot of those on the slate. There's actually not like maybe one. Like, so if you have a strong take on like, oh man, this team I feel like is going to come out and just destroy this week. Like Kyle's saying, like play a few guys from that team and you don't necessarily need to run it back. Now, research has shown over the years that like bringing it back with someone on the other side typically returns value. But there are cases that it doesn't work. And, and some people feel like they have to do it when there's no good plays on the other team. But this is a week where I think we can take advantage of that and definitely have a couple onslaught teams. I've created a few Packers stacks that have looked great with like Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Big Bob Tunyon. And I look at the Eagles side and I'm like, I guess Miles Sanders is fine, but like, I don't love it. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm going to look at a couple other teams and see if we can do the same thing. But I think this is the week if we're going to do it, certainly it's in play. On the slate this week, there's no Patrick Mahomes, no Josh Allen at court quarterback and then i'll just say for running back there's two that are just far above everyone else it's dalvin cook and derrick henry so you have to ask yourself do i think that they are going to return value and the way that we talk about returning value is you take someone's salary so for instance uh dalvin cook's 9500 on DraftKings. you basically have to say is he going to 4x his salary so is he going to hit 35 points that is that is a pretty big task for someone to get around that 
Um, same thing with Derrick Henry. Like, is he going to 4X? Is he going to get around, you know, 36, you know, somewhere around there? Are those guys going to hit that total? And what they need for that, honestly, is to fall in the end zone twice. Uh, so we'll talk about Henry in just a second. We'll, t- we'll talk about Dalvin when we get to the Vikings game, but those guys are super expensive. So it, it kind of puts you at a crossroads. And then with wide receiver, you put this in the, in the show notes, but there's not a ton of cheap receivers this week. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I was looking like before we started to record and I was like, man, maybe I'll find a couple of plays that are, you know, sub 4,500 on DK and sub, uh, you know, 55 on FanDuel. And I was like, I can't really find more than like two or three that I actually feel pretty good about. And we're going to talk about those guys in the main slate here in a minute or two, but it's tough. Like you kind of have to, I feel like you, you might have to set lineups where you don't get both Dalvin and Derrick Henry, you kind of have to choose one and then be able to fit in some mid-price wide receivers in your lineup, which is I found in, in cash is probably the most likely outcome uh, in the lineups that I've built. And as always, tight end is rough. There are some punt plays that we'll mention and we'll get to, but let's get into this first game. It's the Cleveland Browns and Tennessee Titans. They're both eight and three. And when you look at the Browns record, uh, they have some really hollow wins. Seven of their eight wins have come under uh, come against teams that are under 500. They've beaten Cincinnati twice, Washington, Dallas, Houston, Philadelphia, Jacksonville, and their only win of note really is against the Colts. So the Titans are five and a half point home favorites. And really the storyline of this game is the fact that these two teams know how to run the football. Not just that they want to, but they know how to do it. Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry are going to be the main headlines here. But in terms of cash play, do you like one of those running backs better? Um, And maybe is it based on which site you play on? How do you feel about those two? Yeah, so if we we talk about the running backs, to me, Derrick Henry is the standout play. I prefer him on FanDuel where he's actually cheaper than Dalvin Cook. And it fits his skill set better. You know, at 10K, it's still very expensive, but... You know, Cleveland, like 20th in rush defense DVOA, we know what Tennessee wants to do and they want to run the football. And, you know, Tennessee ranks second in adjusted line yards. Cleveland defense is 20th in that metric. So a huge mismatch. I have zero doubts that Derrick Henry is going to come out and put up a big game in cash lineups. I think he's going to be fine. But is he going to pay off that salary in tournaments at a really high roster percentage? I'm not sure he could, but he could be chalk and he could be potentially you know, over rostered in, in big field tournaments. So I'm looking at him in cash. I'm not sure how I'm going to go in tournaments, but I do think if I'm preferring one of those two running backs to me, it's Derrick Henry for obvious reasons. Yeah. I like Chubb on DraftKings because he's $1,500 cheaper. I mean, that's a massive step down that, that affords you. He's, I mean, I don't usually talk about yards per carry. They don't really matter. They're a flawed statistic, but there's something about Nick Chubb in the fact that he's just a like over five carry. That's just who he is right now. It's 6.3 yards per carry and he breaks off these big runs. We know that he's good at that, but I mean, Cleveland's offensive line was built to do this and I'm not scared of Tennessee's defensive line. So I like Chubb on DraftKings. He's currently in my, uh, my lineup and I've got a little sign behind me today. Uh, Ooh, my yes, whiteboard. It says, uh, don't call me fat call me chubby and so if you guys want to if you're listening to the podcast and you just want to call me out if if that's what you want to do on twitter it's just a simple little message you tag me just said kyle you're chubby i'll feel great i will feel known yes that's hey that's when you know you made it when the listeners tag you and tell you that you're chubby on social media no i like that call a lot with chubb though by the way like i I said i prefer derrick henry but i'm gonna have some nick chubb this week for sure this tennessee defense man they are just I don't even know if there's a word to describe it. They're so bad and they're getting beat up everywhere on the ground game through the air. So I think those are kind of the two chalk plays. But if you're looking at maybe a way to get different in tournaments, which which passing attack do you like? Do you like the Cleveland side or do you like the Tannehill side with, with Tennessee? I like the Tannehill side, uh, 6,200 on DK. I just think that he's efficient. He's just always been that way since he's been a Titan. And I just love the pass catchers. Like, you know, AJ Brown, can take one the distance whenever you want. And their secondary is completely beat up. Denzel Ward is out. Greedy Williams is out. Their safety, Ronnie Harrison, just got put on IR. Uh, And if you look at Cleveland's metrics in terms of what they've given up to wide receivers, it looks a little bit better recently. It's because they've had these weather games, you know, where it's just completely wiped out opposing passing games. Before they had a month straight where Baker Mayfield 
and, and everyone else like you know the just the games didn't really matter for the Browns in terms of fantasy production they were 31st against opposing wide receivers so I like AJ Brown as just a I know he can do it but Corey Davis 5100 uh, I I don't mind him in cash and I think that he's a great pivot like he's a great tournament play and I can't see these these wide receivers getting above you know eight nine percent because Henry's going to soak up so much more of the roster percentage so I'd prefer the Tennessee side so if you wanted to stack it up in a different way and you didn't want to play Henry you could do Tannehill Brown and Davis or Tannehill uh, and just Davis and then Nick Chubb on the other side, I would feel fine with that. So what about you? Yeah, I think that's a great way to get some leverage in tournaments. Last week, I played, like I said, I played a ton of Derrick Henry, but I was sure to make a couple lineups that were Tannehill stacks as my just so you know, so smart, this co-host that I have, Kyle, like he just knows his football. And he said, hey man, Ryan Tannehill is going to put out a big game even against the Colts' good, good secondary. I was like, all right, well, I got to play a lineup. I had Ryan Tannehill at 0.4% in a FanDuel tournament. I was the only person to play him. And A.J. Brown came in at about 3%. So I think we could see a very similar situation where no one's going to play the pass catchers because Derrick Henry is such a good play this week that it makes perfect sense. So I like that a lot. And if you really want to go off the wall, I mean, we have to look at the practice reports on Friday. Now, we're recording this on Thursday night. As of Thursday, Jonu Smith did not practice Wednesday or Thursday because of a knee Mm, issue. Ferg, sir. And if Ferkser is the only guy, he's 2,500 on DK. If you want to go with the stone minimum punt play at tight end, he's definitely in play this week. I like that call. And, you know, I love punting tight end. So uh, he's definitely on my radar. I'll, I'll watch the practice reports. I don't know if you remember last week, I threw out in the podcast, I said, hey, you know, I don't really mind playing Tannehill, Henry, and then bringing a pass catcher in. And we were kind of like, ah, can Tannehill do well if Henry's doing well? And I, and I felt some conviction about that. Didn't play one lineup with it in <laughs> like a dummy. Classic. Sometimes, yeah, when I saw them all go off, I remember saying on the pod, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't think there's really a room, like a scenario where that happens. I mean, like the, the correlation with that is so low. But last week, man, I mean, it hit and that's the way you could have been different. But uh, yeah, you listen to me, which it clearly is a mistake. What about Kareem Hunt? You know, the last couple of weeks, Nick Chubb back, he had 23 opportunities, then down to 14, then down to 12. And he's all the way down to 5,400 on DraftKings. He's begging me to play him. Is he a tournament only play? And is he even going to see four or five targets? Because if he's not, then I don't want him. Yeah, it's hard to say because that's kind of what you banked on with Kareem Hunt was was some passing volume. And last week, I think he had two targets off the top of my head, if that sounds correct. I know he had one that was just a bad throw from Baker and it. It hurt because I bet the prop of 12 and a half receiving yards. I was like, Cream Hunt, he's got to get that. Come on, it's Cream Hunt. And he didn't. So I have a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. He's a tournament only play. His opportunities are dropping 23 to 14 to 12 over the last three weeks. It's just like, if he's not going to get the ball, I know this defense is bad on Tennessee's side, but if he's not going to get the ball, it might not matter. So yeah, to me, he is a, a tournament only play and has a clear pivot off of Nick Chubb. The Browns pass catchers are interesting because if you're playing Henry in a tournament, then you're going to want to correlate it with someone else. It's possible to to have Chubb and Henry in the same lineup. It's just expensive, but it's also really hard for opposing running backs to correlate really well. Usually if one of them's doing well, the other team's trying to pass the ball. So Jarvis Landry had a huge game uh, this past week. Austin Hooper's on the radar once again, but you know, Last week, he caught a, t- a touchdown, but you wouldn't really have known it because he ended up with like nine points. It, it just didn't do too much. I like Rashard Higgins as a really deep GPP play under 2%. Baker missed him last week, could have had an easy touchdown. So I like Higgins super cheap, but anything else you want to say on the Brown side? No, I think we covered it. You know, I, I'm not sure about you. I don't really have too much interest in Baker despite the plus matchup with Tennessee. He's just... I don't know if it's like a, a bias that I have against like watching him play football. Like it's just frustrating. And I think deep down to their core, like Cleveland wants to run the football. And so Baker Mayfield's fine as a large field GPP play. But I think my preference is heavy on Tennessee, one or two pieces on uh, Cleveland. And then kind of from there, you know, we're, we're kind of moving on. But uh, I want to talk about the Vegas pick because there's an interesting stat in here. What are you, what are you taking for the Vegas pick this week? I'll let you go, man. Give me that hot stat. Okay. All right. So I found this in some research today that the 
uh, 21 regular season starts from Ryan Tannehill with the Titans. The over in the game total is 17, 3, and 1. That's insane. I mean, that is nuts. And it's a team that plays with a run first offense, which is crazy. I think that just tells you like how efficient this offense is. So my biggest pick, I'm going to go with that stat. I'm going to go with the over. Yeah, I'm going to take the over as well. This game didn't start out with the highest total, but it was bet up. And so, yeah, it's just... It's a great environment where you can see them riding Derrick Henry. You can see them being efficient in the passing game. And then you can see the Browns still hanging in there and putting up points. But yes, I will take the over. All right, let's go to an AFC South battle here. Indianapolis Colts 7-4 at the Houston Texans 4-7. And and the Colts are three-point road favorites. This game is a 51.5 point total. And this is a completely different Texans team. Uh, with Will Fuller out, and I looked this up, Houston has zero wide receivers left this week that caught a pass from Watson in last year's playoffs. Like nobody who was running out in the field last year is playing right now. It's basically Brandon Cooks, Kiki Kute, Isaiah Coulter, who hasn't done anything yet. I mean, it's just, it's nobody. And they might get David Johnson back soon. But uh, what was interesting to me is that in a lot of projections, this Texan side is super popular. Like, I can see Brandon Cooks being probably the chalkiest player on the entire slate. Maybe there's a, maybe Dalvin Cook or something like that, but I'm seeing Brandon Cooks come in at like 30% rostered. So what do you think about just this Texans team? Will they continue to function with Will Fuller out? It's so tough because Deshaun Watson is just, what's there to say? Like he's just so good. He's been dominant. He's excelled when the situation is stacked up against him. So I don't really want to fade Deshaun Watson, but I honestly feel like I have to. If if the roster percentage is going to be elevated to the point where it's above where I'm comfortable, I mean, Deshaun Watson's numbers without Will Fuller are staggering, like averaging four less fantasy points a game, 50 less passing yards, almost a, a full touchdown less. Like, it's very obvious. And that was with DeAndre Hopkins also in the lineup over the past several years. Now, obviously, no DeAndre Hopkins, no Will Fuller, no Randall Cobb, no Kenny Stills, who they released. Like, I don't know, man. I, if that's going to be popular, I'm going to just be a full fade on the Texans, which sounds scary because Deshaun Watson is so good. But, I mean, it's it's staggering. And I think probably the reason that there's so much maybe hype about it is because we saw him play on Thanksgiving. It was a primetime game. Everyone was watching with their stomachs full of uh, dry turkey, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and Deshaun Watson came out and smashed. So if that's the case, I will be very, very underweight on Deshaun Watson in my tournaments this week. What I heard you say, Betts, is that if it's popular, I don't want to be there. No, that's and not what that the cool you, kids you do. Want, and you want to be underweight. You don't want to be fat. Exactly. Uh, or ch- or chubby. So that's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm totally and and I I'm, I'm with you like Watson is just not not a play this week that I'm going to be all over because I, I look at the passing options and I go, "Okay, there's some cheap guys like Brandon Cooks, we've talked about this for weeks. Like he's still too cheap at 5600. He's going to go up next week. Um, so if you want to play him in cash, I totally get it. He's going to probably see double digit targets. If you want to play Kiki Kuti and you say on DraftKings he's 3,500, sure, he's a floor play, but I just don't see a massive ceiling. If there's anything that the Colts are good at doing, it's keeping everything in front of them. I do like Jordan Akins, though, especially on DraftKings. He's on FanDuel. I don't really want to play him at all. He's 5,200 there, but at 2,900 on DraftKings, He's there. Watson has the second highest success rate targeting tight ends in the entire NFL. And Aikens just didn't look so hot on Thanksgiving. I I know he burned you. (laughs) He sure did. I played him in a couple uh, GPP lineups and just watching the game. Like two, just obvious, like egregious drops. So uh, I'm definitely a little salty towards my man, Jordan Akins, but the opportunity is there. And, you know, I, I like to track those stats where it's like he he should have had a touchdown. He should have had two or, you know, sometimes I bring up on the pod like he was tackled at the one yard line. And so our, our you know, thought process around a player changes so much if he hits the end zone and he should have twice last week. So at 2900, like he's in my cash game lineup right now as my punt tight end. So I'm, I'm very much in on Jordan Akins. Yeah, he has 21% of Houston's end zone target share this year. And they said he was going to involve him in the slot as well. So if he's getting those type of snaps, 2,900, really, I mean, in cash, you're asking him to, 
you know, not do too much. But in tournaments, I would say that the Texan side is not one that I really want to lead with. Uh, there may be a run back if I'm using the Colts side or maybe a one-off. If you want to use Brandon Cooks as a one-off, it's totally fine. Uh, but let's talk about the Colts side because I think they're one of the harder teams to stack with. Although you put this up there, like their games have actually been hitting way over. Like you wouldn't think that. You think Phillip Rivers, they're super slow. So tell me about the Colts and just how they played. Yeah, man, their game totals have been nuts. So they had one down week in their last six, which was against the Ravens. The game total between the two teams only hit 34 points. So if you throw that one out there, I mean, we have 71, 65, 51 points, 58 points, and then 55 points. Like you want exposure to those types of game environments. And right now we have the game total at 51 and a half. Now I would feel much more comfortable about that overhitting if Will Fuller was on the field. Obviously that changes things, but... With Indy, man, over the last month of the season, they're the ninth fastest team in terms of pace of play. Their games average the fifth most combined plays since week eight. So in the recent trends, things are looking up for the Colts. And it's kind of crazy to say, but I definitely want some exposure to the Colts this week in DFS. Yeah, Phillip Rivers has had a pretty high floor. He's at 18 fantasy points in five of his last six games. But we don't really know if he's going to play right now. Uh, He's got a bad foot. And here's the thing about playing the Colts is, is it Jonathan Taylor? Is it Naeem Hines? Is it Jordan Wilkins? Or is it their goal line back, Jacoby Brissett? That's, that kills. Nothing makes me more upset than <laughs> Phillip Rivers' unwillingness to run a quarterback sneak. He hasn't even done it at all in his career. Not even with the Chargers. Like, it's just so frustrating. And so, dude, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's a lottery, basically. Like, who's going to score the one-yard touchdown? I have no idea. Yeah, so if you want to go with Hines, just because you know he's going to get a pass-catching role, uh, 5,300 on DraftKings, I think that's fine. Still love Jonathan Taylor, but I just can't play him in DFS. Too many wounds from earlier in the year. Uh, the tight ends, I never can sort out if it's Mo Ali cox Trey Burton's had some good games recently, but uh, I'd rather have someone like Aikens or, or Ferkser if, if he's the only man there that I can punt with. And then uh, let's just last mention these wideouts. Uh, Michael Pittman had nine targets last week, didn't do much with it. T.Y. Hilton had a touchdown, which we haven't been able to say that the entire year. But look this up. T.Y. Hilton has played the Texans 16 times in his career. So an entire season's worth. This is his stat line against them. 85 catches, over 1,500 yards, and 10 touchdowns. against. He's owned the Texans in his career. But that was with Andrew Luck. So... Do you want to play Hilton or Pittman? I mean, listen, the price on TY is $4,300 on DraftKings. Like, you need him to hit 10 points and you're good. Can he do that against this Houston secondary? I think he can. They also just lost Bradley Roby uh, because of suspension. So another downgrade to Houston's already bottom two defense in the league so yeah man i think i want a little bit of exposure to ty and michael Pittman. honestly you know the thing with the the colts though it's so tough like philip rivers does a great job of spreading the ball around so you don't really know who it's going to be on a given week so i'm probably going to hedge my bet if that makes sense and play a couple lineups where it's just hilton or just Pittman. but michael Pittman to me is a standout play on FanDuel at $5,600. He's a great value over there where we really want him to score a touchdown. And that's kind of what he can do, I think, in this offense. So, yeah, man, I I never thought I would say this, but like I'm in on Phillip Rivers' pass catchers in DFS in 2020. You heard it here. Phillip Rivers uh, is Betts' favorite, favorite player. So Love give him. me your Vegas pick. Yeah, with this one, I'm going to go ahead and take the over, but that's a, a caveat. Only if Phillip Rivers is active and he plays, I assume he will. But I'll take the over just the recent trends with the points scored in these, these games, with the Colts is just insane. Uh, if rivers plays, I will take Indianapolis minus three, even on the road. I just think fuller means too much to Watson. All right, next game. This is a fun one, uh, but you wouldn't think of it based on the records. Jacksonville Jaguars at one and 10, not good people at Minnesota Vikings five and six. This game has a 52 and a half point total and Minnesota is a commanding 10.5 point favorite. So this would be one of those places if you wanted to do an onslaught stack, you could totally do it. But uh, this game has been bet up. And bets, why? Like, why are people jumping on this game as one to take notice of? Well, have you ever seen the Jacksonville Jaguars play defense? It is <laughs> hashtag not good. <laughs> also, the Vikings have a horrible defense. So we have like two 
well, okay. I got to give some respect to Minnesota fans. Like they're an average team. Jacksonville obviously is awful. So you have two bad defenses with one, at least good quarterback and, and running back and wide receivers on Minnesota's side. So yeah, people are all over the over, man. Like you don't see games get bet up to three points, like open at 49 and a half up to 52 and a half. We've talked about it on the show. These smart people that study football and study betting and put their thousands and thousands of dollars on the line, like Kyle, of course, move these lines up to 52 and a half. So we want to get on board and say, all right, if this game gets into a shootout, let's just go onslaught stacks with the Vikings and maybe bring it back with one piece on Jacksonville. So I I like this game a lot. Vikings have the highest team implied total on the slate, 31 and a half points. So we're basically saying there's going to be, you know, four plus touchdowns on the Vikings side. And we know where that's going to go. It's Dalvin Cook, it's Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson. They, they have the most condensed uh, target share, you know, fantasy points in the entire league. And it helps that, like you mentioned, the Jags are bad. They have the lowest pressure rate, lowest sack rate. And then this is really hard to do. They're allowing the fourth most passing yards and the fourth most rushing yards. Usually teams pick one that they are bad at. And they are just terrible at both. So there's a lot of things to like on the Viking side. So who do you want to start with? Let's start with the man, Dalvin Cook. I mean, he was the chalk last week. I would say relative to expectations, he failed based off his price, based off how many people played him in DFS. We played him in our cash lineups, and I was sweating bullets when the 1 p.m. games ended because he didn't do well. But he picked up that ankle injury, and I think people need to really monitor what happens kind of over the next two days. Now, he is going to play. I'm not saying he won't, but there's been some quotes out of Mike Zimmer saying that they have to be smart with his his workload. Like He's averaging 29 touches per game over the past five, and he's saying basically like, we need Dalvin down the stretch, and and that's kind of, to me, says, all right, I know Dalvin Cook is a standout play this week. It's a great matchup. He's a great running back. It's obvious. Like, play him, obviously. But I think I might, it sounds so scary to say, I might fade Dalvin in tournaments just given, like, what happens if they get up in the third quarter and all of a sudden it's Alexander Madison for the next you know, quarter and a half, and they're trying to manage his ankle injury and keep him fresh. So that's a a scenario that exists. Now, with that said, I have him in my cash lineup. He's still a great play, but man, Jacksonville is just, they're bleeding points to running backs. Yeah, that I think when people hear that, you're like, whoa, you're fading Dalvin Cook. The point is, is he going to pay off in a tournament? And like we mentioned earlier, for Dalvin Cook to pay off in a tournament, like look at Fandle, you know, 10,500 like you're you're asking for someone to hit 35 and a half point scoring format that's so hard to do uh consistently and he could get there by the third quarter like it's totally possible we saw that in Derrick Henry this past week but in this I know in, in tournaments I probably want Cook, Thielen or Jefferson one of those guys is probably going to be in a tournament winning lineup I don't know which one uh I do like Jefferson a lot, especially on DraftKings, 6,900. Uh, he's in my cash game lineup right now. He's number one in yards per target, and they get Thielen back. And in case you forgot how good Adam Thielen is, he has a 29% target share and the fourth most red zone targets in the league. So he's somebody that you want, and he blows up. Like With Adam Thielen, I don't love playing him in cash because he does have some dud games. But he has some monster games where you're getting 30 points from him. So those are the guys that we mostly like. If Irv Smith is out, which, man, we've Irv's won us some money this year. Uh, would has. you go back to Irv. Kyle Rudolph? Would uh, you go to Rudolph? It's tough. So his price is, is up compared to last week, which is really the, the tricky part. He was 2800 on DK last week. And now he's 3400 after a really good game. But in the games without Irv Smith, he's had eight and five targets. He's also put up 60 plus yards in each of those games. But we also have to remember last week, there was no Adam Thielen on the field. So that did change things. So he's fine. I'm not like super excited about Kyle Rudolph. I think if you're going to play a pass catcher, you have to, if you're, if you're going to play Kyle Rudolph, certainly you have to think about it. Okay. I can't play Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson and Kyle Rudolph. You kind of have to say if Kyle Rudolph gets there, it's probably because Thielen fails or Jefferson fails. So I'll put that out there. I'm not super excited about Kyle Rudolph this week. Yeah, if you're going to fade Dalvin Cook in a tournament, then it's probably going to be you saying they're going to get there through Kirk Cousins, who I think is a great play on DraftKings, 6,400. We mentioned how bad Jacksonville is and how their top three corners are all out. So uh, 
Jefferson, Thielen, they're going to eat. So if you want to do Cousins and maybe stack him with one of those wide receivers, then it's really easy who to pick on the Jacksonville side, who you want to run it back with. It's it's James Robinson. So uh, on FanDuel 7,800, are you going to play Robinson? Because I feel like I've been kind of underweight. I've thought, oh, I, I like this guy. I wrote him up before the season, my undrafted free agent article. Like, I love this guy. But in DFS, I've kind of been like, oh, well, you know, it's it's the Jaguars. But can you play him this week? It's tough. We were talking in Slack before, you know, we recorded today. And, like, the projected roster percentage for James Robinson is way above what it has been in recent weeks where he's been a standout tournament play. Like, in the Millie Maker, he's been less than 12% on DK in each of the past four weeks. But he's just been coming out and saying, you know what? I don't care that I'm an underdog, an underdog in every matchup. I don't care that my team is tor- terrible. I don't care that I have no defense. Like everything says, like James Robinson shouldn't be good for fantasy, but he has been. And without Chris Thompson on the field, he's been getting a lot of work in the passing game too. So his workload is very, very secure. Obviously, you can move the ball on Minnesota, but it's so tough to see a scenario where like James Robinson's ceiling is met, and at the same time, like you know, like they're not getting blown out, which I think they will be in this matchup. So it's tough to see. I want to be in on James Robinson because I have been in the past, but I think people are catching up. And so for that reason, I'll probably be a little bit uh, less in on James Robinson this week than most weeks, but I think he's fine. He's totally a good play. Yeah. I think cash on FanDuel is where I will have him. Uh, He's just got the high floor. You mentioned he's getting 27 plus opportunities in four of the last five games, but this is what scares me a little bit. And no one's really talking about this very much. He's been so good, so consistent, but Jacksonville is actually throwing inside the 10-yard line at the highest rate in the NFL. So when they're getting in close, they're throwing, and if he's not even getting that, and they have one of the you know 20-point team implied total, like this team is is just begging for points, and it just doesn't come easily because they have a quarterback uh, who's uh, not the best-looking man I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> And Betts posted his picture here. And if you want to, you know, Google Mike Glennon, some Google images, it's just not safe for work. So just make sure no one's walking by <laughs> looking at Mike Glennon because uh, you're going to go, what, wh- who, what is, why are you staring at this man? And then you'll say, oh, he plays professional football. Uh, so yeah, Mike Glennon. And your coworkers will say, no, he doesn't. There's no way. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that was so funny. Oh, Mike Lennon, like, I love you. He he didn't actually look that bad this past week, and they didn't have DJ Chark. They didn't have Chris Conley. If Chark is back, uh, why not? Like he's a great run back option. Minnesota's allowing the third most fantasy points to wide receivers, the fifth most twenty plus yard passing plays. Sure, DJ Chark is way down there at DraftKings fifty four hundred. So. You can play him, and he'd be a great pivot off of James Robinson if you don't want to, but anything else on this Jaguar side? I don't think so, man. I think the only two people that are in play are James Robinson and DJ Chark as a bring back. That's contrarian. That's about it. I think you know the Minnesota onslaught is definitely in play, and for that reason, I will take Minnesota minus 10.5. Jeez, I will too. I just Glennon's going to just crumble, I bet. It's just going to be bad. All right, next one is an NFC West game. Los Angeles Rams are seven and four. The Cardinals are six and five. Whenever I mention the Cardinals, you know, there's always a little bit because they're footballers favorites that you're like, oh man, I hope they do well. And I feel like the Cardinals are one of those teams that when we really count on them, they just let us down. And then they show up in really big games. They beat the Seahawks, they beat the Bills. So maybe this is one of those games that they show up because they are three point home dogs. This game has a 40 eight and a half point total. But why do we like this game so much for DFS bets? I mean, what is it about this game that could get there in a tournament? Yeah, the thing about this game is like the total is kind of it's tricky. Like 48 and a half isn't that high. It's it's decent. It's okay. But it doesn't really make sense when you look at the pace of play like Arizona is running at the first in the NFL in, in terms of seconds per play. Like they're up there in pace, second in neutral situation pace. When the game's close, they're going fast. And then you look at the Rams side, they're seventh in neutral situation pace of play. So combined, these two teams should put up a ton of plays. And you have Kyler Murray, you have DeAndre Hopkins, like you've got Jared Goff with great wide receivers on the other side. So like there's there's a scenario that exists where this game shoots out. And I think people are going to really flock to 
the Cleveland game, and this could be a, a sneaky spot where we could get some leverage on the field. So I like this game quite a bit for tournaments. With the Arizona side, once again, we've mentioned this, but Kyler and Hopkins, like that's the easy stack. He's just expensive. Like you're you're spending fifteen thousand dollars on DraftKings for two players, and with the matchup against Jalen Ramsey, it's not easy. But if anybody can do it, it's Hopkins. I just not really excited about playing Hopkins. And I think he'll be super, super low in tournaments, you know, maybe 5% because people will see that red number one uh, next to his name. And the Rams just know how to get after the quarterback. Kyler ranks 31st in quarterback rating under pressure. And do we have any updates just about where he's at with this AC joint? What did you see this past week? Yeah, he definitely looked a little bit uncomfortable for sure, like throwing the football and, um, the real thing with these AC joint injuries, it's kind of tricky. Like if these players have a very minor injury, they can get it injected before the game and it basically numbs all the pain and they can play perfectly fine. But some players either opt out of that or for whatever reason, the team decides not to, and they are, they're affected. And with Kyler, like he definitely didn't look himself. The tricky thing with that for a guy like Kyler is that the AC joint injury is also stressed, not only with throwing, obviously, but also contact. And so with Kyler, like rushing quarterback, that's something to consider too. So, you know, it was definitely, I think a situation where maybe people could have taken advantage of the the field being way overweight on Kyler when we knew that there was an injury going on, but he's practicing a full, like by all accounts, he's progressing as expected. So I think this week relative to last week in terms of his health is much, much better, but it's, you know, this matchup is, is extremely tough with the Rams defense. Last year in week 17, against the Rams. He threw for 325 and two touchdowns, but he also had two INTs and lost two fumbles. So it's really high risk, high reward here for Kyler. So he's tournament play only for me this week, especially because he's so expensive. And I think a lot of people won't be on him. Christian Kirk, not really. Uh, I mean, yes, he's not going to see as much Jalen Ramsey coverage, but last three weeks, he's just been awful like you you just can't count him but that's that's as kyler's gone so kirk's gone and then if larry fitzgerald's out if you want to punt and hope for a big play annie isabella is 3200 on DraftKings, so don't mind that what about Kenyon drake is he just kind of like eh, i'm not gonna go there dude i've just been burned so many times this year by Kenyon drake it's tough because he's been good the last couple of weeks but when you look at the box score and you look at the numbers like it's all because of touchdowns he's been awful on the ground like it's like you hand the ball off to Kenyon drake and you're like okay cool here's three and a half yards per carry every time like it's not he doesn't have explosiveness in the running game like he had last year and there was one game against dallas but everyone runs against dallas like look at antonio gibson so for Kenyon drake like you know what you're getting you're getting 20 opportunities which is great you want that in fantasy and in DFS, but you also know if he doesn't find the end zone, like he's putting up like 85 combined yards and like only two of those are coming on reception. So it's, it's tough. I don't love him. I'm probably not going to play him this week, to be honest with you. I looked up this stat, but Kenyon Drake has 22 forced missed tackles this year. It's the same number as Tony Pollard, who has basically had like 120 fewer touches than him. So for the most part, like Kenyon Drake is just it's just not getting it done. You, you've seen there's been weeks where he looks like a plotter out there. But what about the Rams side? You know, Jared Goff, if he's getting play action going, he's great. But the thing about the Rams, I heard Rich Rebard talk about this. It seems like the Rams are kind of like the Patriots of old. They've kind of like morphed week to week saying like, we're going to run the ball with our three running backs. Or you saw against the Buccaneers a couple of weeks ago where Goff just like said, hey, I'm going to throw it. And I'm just going to target Cup and Woods over and over and over again. So really, we don't really know what to expect for the Rams, which makes them a really fun tournament team if they come out and come out hot. But how do we want to attack the Rams? Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, when you're building some stacks with the Rams this week, you should probably think about, okay, what happens if they do go run heavy and, um, you know, then the, like Kyler has a scenario where he goes off and maybe you bring it back with one of the Rams running backs where no one's going to play these guys. Like no one's going to play Daryl Henderson. No one's going to play Cam Akers because you don't know who's getting the football. And sometimes that ambigu- ambiguity, excuse me, in DFS opens up an opportunity for us to take advantage. So I think there, that's a sneaky play in large field tournaments. But you look at Jared Goff and when he, you know, excels, it's when he's not under pressure, right? His pass rating when he's in a clean pocket 
109.5. When he's under pressure, it is 39 and a half. Like I'm Not fairly good. confident Kyle could put up better numbers than that. And the benefit with, with Jared Goff this week is Arizona, man, they have a ton of injuries on the defensive line. Chandler Jones is out. They're, they're good pass rushing uh, edge linebacker. And so there's a scenario that exists where Jared Goff is safe in the pocket. He can deliver the ball to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And I think that that's a stack that I really want exposure to in DFS this week. It's mostly because of the price with these guys, right? Like Cooper Cup is so cheap on FanDuel. Robert Woods, his price on, on DK, I mean, 5900 bucks. Like, I, I, I don't know how you don't play him this week. It's just so cheap. Yeah, I like Woods on DraftKings. He's in my cash game lineup right now just because he's owned Patrick Peterson. And I like Cup on FanDuel. Uh, with Cup, like he hasn't gotten the touchdowns this year. Uh, so that there are a lot of people are kind of disappointed. But he has the second most yards after the catch. Uh, I think he can get there this week. So it's really stacking however you want. On FanDuel, go with Goff and go with Cup. And then on DraftKings, go with Woods and then maybe run it back with maybe a Christian Kirk or uh, Hopkins if you want to mix it up. But this game overall, uh, what's your take on the line? Yeah, I like the Rams. I'll take the minus three here. It's just tough with injuries on the defensive side for uh, for the Cardinals to kind of stop the offensive line there for the Rams. And then, dude, Aaron Donald, like just dominant. So, yes, I will take the Rams. I will take the Rams as well. I, I, I want to figure out a way to be different from you, but I also would not mind playing the Rams DST like in a tournament because uh, they could totally sack Kyler a ton. All right, one more game, and let's fly through this one because the total's there, uh, but this game's actually been bet down a lot. Uh, there's some plays that I really like, especially for cash, but it's the New England Patriots 5-6 and six, at the Los Angeles Chargers three and eight. The Chargers are one and a half point favorites, but this game opened at 49 and a half. It's now at 47. And uh, this game could go a couple different ways. If the Patriots are leading, it's going to be slow and it's going to be rough. But if the Chargers take hold of this game, which I think they actually will, then this game could have some potential where you're seeing Cam Newton try to come back and there could be some more interesting pieces on the Patriots side. But let's first start with the Chargers where all the firepower is. Austin Eckler came back this past week and saw 16 targets, which is insane. Uh, he's in my cash game lineup right now. And on Fandle, he's only 7,000, which is crazy that he's that cheap. But uh, who else do you want to play on the Chargers side? Yeah, it's tough. You know, like Austin Eckler to me, he's the standout play for sure. His price tag is just too good. The usage is too good. You know, I want to put this in there real quick for our listeners, but in games where he's had 10 plus rushing attempts over the past four seasons, he is averaging 21 PPR points. That is insane. In the games where he doesn't get 10 plus carries, he's at 12 PPR points. And, you know, in those games where he started with Herbert this year, 18, 31, 24 PPR points. Like he's just such a standout play at his price that to me, he's a cash game lock. But outside of that, I have concerns about the pass catchers. Like the pace isn't good. We know Bill Belichick is great at stopping rookie quarterbacks. So if you're looking at the game, like does Justin Herbert get there this week? I'm not sure he's going to be popular because he's been on fire recent weeks. I mean, Bill Belichick in, in terms of wins and loss, 19 and five against rookie quarterbacks. So I think they say, all right, Justin beat us. And they let us and Eckler potentially run on them. So I'll take Eckler in this game. But to be honest with you, I'm kind of off of, of the rest of the, the pass catchers, including Keenan Allen. How dare you? How dare you speak to Keenan Allen that way? I know he's going to burn me. I, I guarantee it. Now I love Keenan Allen, but he's, he's just up there in price. Like he's wide receiver three on a lot of the sites. So you can't, you just can't play him like you did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Justin Herbert's fine in tournaments. I think some people were burned this past week when they wanted to play him against Josh Allen. It just didn't work out so well. But remember, we brought up the Patriots before on a per play basis. They are not good. So I think Herbert can get there. Um, and maybe you want to play big Mike Williams as kind of like a, a, a lower rostered, you know, 5% kind of play. But yeah, Eckler's the best play in this game. And then on the Patriots side, we don't trust Cam Newton at all. Uh, I don't really trust Damien Harris because uh, Newton also gets some goal line carries. James White could be interesting if they're coming back. And then Jacoby Myers, he has a 
and a half percent air yard share over the last six games. That is insane. No one else is even close to that in the league. So he's seeing the, the targets that we want if you're going to pick somebody in this offense. But I mean, I was looking at the rest of the roster. It's like, uh, do you know Nikhil Harry is like stone minimum now? Yes, I saw that. I was looking at the cheap wide receivers. I was like, wow. Talk about a fall from grace. Nikhil Harry down there with like just randos basically at like $3,500. I'm loving him uh, on my dynasty roster. Just Woo! You know, sitting on the bench after being the second overall pick two years ago in my dynasty league. That was fun. So, Yeah, it was bad. So uh, give me your Vegas pick. Yeah, dude, I'm going to go with the under. Like just the Patriots, their goal is to, to run as few plays as possible. And limit the opposing offense. So I hate this game. If I'm being totally honest with our listeners, like it's Austin Eckler and no, thank you. You know, there's a couple things you can bank on in life. It's death taxes and being disappointed by the chargers, but I'm actually going to take the chargers minus one and a half. I think they can get this done and maybe Anthony Lynn can get past some of his terrible, terrible uh, play calling ways. All right. Before we get into the Battle Royale, I wanted to just mention a couple other plays that uh, I think people just need to know about going into this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams stack. There's nothing safer. Like right now, Aaron Rodgers is my cash game quarterback. He's only 6,800 on DraftKings, and that is way too low like for what he can do. So Aaron Rodgers seems super safe. They have a super high total. And then Aaron Jones and GPPs, like... In some of our projections, he's coming in like 6%, 7%. Like that's when you want Aaron Jones. Uh, There's a couple weeks ago where he was super chalky and didn't really hit, but he's consistent and we know he has a ceiling. So I like uh, Aaron Jones. And then what do we know about Josh Jacobs? So the Raiders play the Jets. Uh, he did not practice. So what do we know about his injury status? Yeah, there was a lot of optimism early in the week from uh, Rap Sheet and other beat reporters for the Raiders. And I was like, guys, I don't know. Like, I put this in the article on the website that I write up every week. I was like, I don't think we're going to see Josh Jacobs this week. And if we do, he's going to be way less than 100%. He's battling a mild high ankle sprain. But even that type of scenario, he's not himself. And you look at this game, they're clearly favored against the Jets. Like, it makes all the sense in the world that Josh Jacobs doesn't play this week. And you look at the statistics over the season of guys that, don't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, it's like single digits, like percentage of players that actually play in the game. So I'm projecting Josh Jacobs to sit this week and Devontae Booker could open up as a very, very cheap running back that it's going to get all the touches against the Jets this week. Yeah, Booker's been good. Like on a on a per play basis, he's been awesome. He has more 10 plus yard runs uh, than Jacobs, despite having like 150 fewer carries. Like, He's a good pass blocker, but I do know in the DFS community, we are obsessed with backup running backs. Like that's just something like when that happens, like, oh, I got to play this guy. So he is like DraftKings did foresee this and they priced him up. He's 5,500. So he's not like completely cheap, like where we were playing, you know, guys at 4,000 a couple weeks ago. So keep that in mind. But in cash against the Jets, someone's going to see 15 to 18 opportunities. You could totally play him, but I wanted to give one dart throw, and if if you have one bets, totally go for it. I'm throwing this out there. The Jets right now, no, don't play the Jets, but the Jets have given up a <laughs> wide receiver one performance every week since week five. So since week five, they've had players like Tim Patrick, DeAndre Hopkins, Cole Beasley, Tyreek Hill, Jacoby Myers, Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker. They've all been wide receiver ones, top 12 guys against the Jets. And if you look at the Raiders, you're like, uh, who's their wide receiver one? It's Nelson Aguilar, who also hasn't practiced. So fire up your Henry Ruggs. I know he hasn't done much. He's basically been, you know, 20 yards every game, but he can hit a big one. He's had some some rough go of it, but uh, no one wants to play Derek Carr. No one wants to play the Raiders after they were destroyed by my Falcons this past week. But I will mention Henry Ruggs as a cheap, cheap, dart throw uh if you want to throw it out there i like it a lot actually i think it's a great call like literally i don't think anyone's gonna play him like, you're probably gonna get him at three percent maybe five if it's, i'm a genius apparently a- apparently yeah no i like it a lot man that's a great call my dart throw and we talk you know te- cheap tight ends all the time i'm not going to talk about this player in our battle royale 
However, people don't realize Cole Komet is the tight end one for the Bears. People are not recognizing that. Jimmy nice. Graham is dunzo. Cole Komet is playing more in terms of snap percentage. He's also running more routes. Last week, you know, this is this is like the best stat of the week. Cole Komet fumbled at the one-yard line. And the reason I know that is because I played him in showdown and I was absolutely sick when he fumbled at the one-yard line out of the end zone for a touchback for Green Bay. But the point is, Cole Komet is the tight end for the Bears that you want. And they're taking on the Lions. Like, no one's going to play Cole Komet. He's stone minimum on DK. Very, very cheap. So he is my dart throw this week. I have a bit of a soft spot for Cole Komet. I did his rookie profile this past year for the footballers. So let's just say I sat through Notre Dame uh, film and <laughs> watched Cole Komet <laughs> run like five yard outs a bunch. And uh, how did he look? How did he look? Okay, no, no joke. This is what I did as I was watching Cole Komet film, and I tweeted this, so there's proof. But as I was watching Cole Komet film, the only thing that I, my main takeaway was. Who is this Chase Claypool guy? Like that was like <laughs> while I was watching the film, all I could do was just look at Claypool the whole time because they like they just trusted him. So yeah, I mean, Komet will be fine. He probably needs another year or two, but um, but you know, I think that's a good call because I think most people will still think it's Jimmy Graham, but dude's old. He's a bag of bones. Yep. All right, let's battle it out. DFS Battle Royale. Bets, I'm sorry, buddy, but uh, last week I destroyed it. I was four and one, so I have now taken the lead after maybe five or six weeks in a row of me being behind. So um, I did see that in one of ours. I think I beat you out by 0.2 of a point, uh, I think, of our tight ends. But um, you hate to see it. Yep. So for for the season right now, I have 27 wins. Bets has 25 in the end of the year. Um, Whoever whoever wins, they get a Rolls Royce. So bets, you're gonna have to time to step it up. <laughs> All right, let's get a stacking QB that uh, our listeners can use under six K. And um, dude, this is gross. What are you thinking? Yeah. I'm thinking that I love to win GPPs, and I think that no one is gonna play Mitchell Trubisky. And the reason why is because he's he Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> a, but B. David Montgomery is chalk this week, and I, I'm i willing to play him in cash, but there is not a better fade in tournaments than David Montgomery this week. What is there to say about the guy? He's just underperformed week after week after week. I'm not going to play him in tournaments, but I will play some Mitch Trubisky stacks at $5,400 on DK. You can stack him with the obvious Allen Robinson, who I love this week. He's taking on his hometown Detroit Lions and just gets peppered with targets when Trubisky's under center. So I love A-Rob. You can go cheap with Mooney. He's been getting a ton of air yards. And then we talked about Cole Komet. So you can stack him in a variety of ways. And honestly, man, no one's going to play him. The Lions, dude, like no Jeff Akuda. No Desmond Trufant, who's on IR now. No Daryl Roberts, their other cornerback. They don't have Trey Flowers to rush the passer. Like, what is there to say positive about the the Detroit Lions right now? Nothing. I'll take Mitch Trubisky. Dude, you have talked me into considering stacking the Bears this week. Uh, I did look. They played those two teams played in Week One, and Trubisky was trash. And then he threw three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. <laughs> it doesn't really matter in DFS as long as you get there. You get there. So uh, that is a great call. And now everyone else uh, will go and play them in tournaments as well. As listeners. Perfect. Um, I'm going to go gross as well. I'm going with Derek Carr. Uh, really cheap. No one's going to want to play him after he vomited all over the field this past week. But he does play the Jets. And if Josh Jacobs is out, I do think there's an opportunity for Carr to get there. I would love if Nelson Aguilar was playing. I think that would really help his chances. But... Um, like I said, Henry Ruggs can take one in the house. You still got Darren Waller, you know, his best tight end on the slate. So stacking with Derek Carr is something that no one else will do. I'm calling under 2%. Like it's just, no one's going to want to play Derek Carr. So super cheap contrarian option. All right. Give me a cash game running back, not named Dalvin Cook or Derek Henry. Yeah, we talked about this player already, so I won't spend too much time on it, but it is awesome. Eckler, Austin Eckler, $7,100. On DK, even cheaper on FanDuel, like just a standout play over there for the obvious reasons. Tons of workload, good matchup, great player. No negative things to say about Austin Eckler this week. Yeah, and I think it was just a confidence building thing that he came back this past week off of injury and had the most touches of his entire career. I mean, that's that's insane. 
7,100, uh, it just feels so safe. That floor just feels so safe in cash. I'll mention David Montgomery. He's a polarizing player. I get it. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> 5,500, though, is the main reason. And in cash, David Montgomery could plod his way to 10 points and not actually kill your lineup uh, the way that someone else, if they bust, they don't. So just remember, though, they're home favorites against the Lions, the worst rush defense in the league. So it's not just the price. It is the matchup. If they gain a lead, they'll sit on it. Maybe he falls into the end zone. Um, but yeah, so like we mentioned earlier, I would probably fade him in tournaments because he's going to be around 30, 35%, which is a lot. Uh, but in cash game lineups, he's going to be a popular guy. So I don't mind plugging him in cheap wide receiver that you would play under 5k. And it looks like we have two guys from the same team. <laughs> Let's talk about the jets this week, huh? I'm going to go with Denzel Mims at $4,100. The price tag isn't as good as I would love it to be for a guy like Denzel Mims who hasn't done that much, but he also has eight targets and 60 plus receiving yards in three straight games. And at that price tag, I'll take it. That's that's enough. And, you know, if you want to build a contrarian stack, like you said, with the Raiders, you could bring it back with either my receiver, who is the correct call at, at Denzel Mims, or your less accurate call, uh, which I'll let you take next. Brashad Perryman, 3900 Yeah, he's only $200 cheaper than Mims. Mims is the younger, sexier player. Uh, Brashad Perryman feels like he's been around for 10 years and looks like an old man. He actually does like his face. Like he looks like an old man, but he does. Uh, he's being targeted deep and he's been pretty successful um, since coming back from injury. So 3,900, you're not asking him to do a ton. And I know he has a ceiling. Like I've seen Brashad Perryman. He did it last year, the end of the season. Maybe that's Brashad Perryman's season is kind of like Derrick Henry. Just in this end of the year, they turn it on. All right, punt tight end. Yeah, this is kind of cheating because I don't really love anyone that's not your tight end. So you stole mine, but I'm going to go with Bobby Tunyon, a.k.a. Robert Tanyan Harding. Still, well, I'm always going to call him that, but it's you can't find a tight end that's getting the air yards that he is and the targets down the field. Like he's basically operating as a wide receiver with like, you know, 40 plus yard targets each week. It doesn't happen. And at $3,700, it's not really a punt, but guys, I can't recommend anyone else besides your tight end, Kyle, that you said, or Cole Komet, who's the stone man on DK. So I want to give a little bonus one here with Bobby Tunyon and the Eagles, man. I mean, I can speak to it because I watch every game. It's just, what is there to say? It's just so bad. So yes, I'll take I'll take Robert Tanyan this week, $3,700. Yeah, he's the, t- the tight end four on the year, which is gross to say that that Bobby, Bobby Tunyon is. Uh, Jordan Akins mentioned him earlier, 2,900. He's going to see an increase in targets with all of those leaving with Will Fuller. I'll also mention, we mentioned Anthony Ferkser, uh, if Johnny Smith is out. So look at the practice reports. I like Ferkser. Uh, mentioned him a couple weeks ago. I think he's like third in the league in red zone or third down targets. So Tannehill looks yeah. at him. Uh, that's all you really want. And he went to Harvard. So if that helps. All right, give me a sneaky, ooh, that one's really sneaky, sneaky DST under 3,000 you could use. Yeah, I will take the the New York Giants, the New York football Giants led by Colt McCoy this week going up against Russell Wilson. It sounds terrifying, like so bad, but <laughs> Seattle's offensive line, they're 31st in adjusted sack rate. Meanwhile, the Giants actually have a really good pass rush, which no one really thinks about, but they're actually pretty good at getting after the quarterback. So I will take the Giants. They're just so cheap. $2,200. I think it's a, a fine play if you want to punt the position this week. Yeah, punting uh, DST is so helpful to free you up in salary. I, I used the Jets last week, and I felt really good about getting nine points. So that's what you want. You Six, seven, eight, nine. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Joey Bosa went bananas this past week. 2,600. They're at home against Cam Newton. And that's the main thing is like, I think Cam Newton is it looks done out there. And the thing about Cam Newton is he gets so many passes batted at the line of scrimmage. Like it's it's painful to watch those games. Uh, he's always a threat to get sacked, have some turnovers. So Chargers at home at 2,600, that's just enough for you to save some cash. So if you guys want to play with us, we're every week we have a tournament on DraftKings. If you search Borg plus bets on DraftKings, you can find us, join our league 
and we have a 75-man DraftKings tournament. And then I'll also open one up for the Monday night slate since Betts is getting to write that up. Uh, that'll be something that you guys could join in. And man, those are a ton of fun. It's it's fun to get those messages from people afterwards saying, man, I've, I've never won a tournament before. Uh, this is the first time that I've actually gotten to cash. And so th- this is a great opportunity if you're getting used to tournaments, if you're intimidated by the Millie Maker, or these big field tournaments, 100 people, we'd love to get you guys in on that. Uh, and it's super fun. So any last words, bets for the people before we leave? I don't think so, man. I'm excited about week 13. I think our listeners are going to crush it this week. Don't forget about Cole Komet. He's the tight end you want. Not Jimmy Graham this week. Good luck on week 13. We'll see you guys next week. Have a lot of fun this week. Can't wait to see you guys. We love that green. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.